0: Hello and welcome to Held in Our Hearts Baby Loss Podcast. We are an Edinburgh-based charity providing baby loss counselling and support for bereaved families. We are committed to ensuring that no family has to face their journey of loss alone and we wanted to create this podcast to reach out and share stories, encouraging greater connection and understanding. Join us on our journey as we speak to a wide variety of guest speakers who have been personally affected by baby loss or who have been moved by it. Hello my name is Angie and welcome to episode 7 of our podcast. Today I had the chance to chat to Vicky Anderson, Tracy Watt and Katie Skipworth. is a befriender for the charity and is a bereaved parent herself having lost her precious daughter Angelica. Vicky initially volunteered with us and was keen to give back and recently joined as staff in June. Tracy is both the fundraising manager and befriender as well and is proud mum to Lewis who would have been 30 this year. She previously worked for a housing association and came on board five years ago, initially as a befriender and sports fundraiser. Katie is a befriender as well and a bereaved parent, having lost her baby boy, Alex. Before she joined us, she worked in health and safety and project management in the private sector and has joined us in August this year. Together, we had a wide-ranging conversation about how families, friends and colleagues can support a bereaved parent Together we discussed the taboo around baby loss, some of the challenges or fears that people can have, such as worries about causing further upset, not having the right words, or feeling like they want to fix things but can't. We spoke about the importance of listening and understanding that everyone's needs are different and being sensitive to that and why the loss of a baby is different to any other bereavement. We also chatted about how simple things can make all the difference. A shared cuppa, a text on a birthday, a check in call, just being there for someone. I hope that you found the discussion insightful and that you have a better understanding of ways you might be able to support someone affected by baby loss and make them feel less alone. As always, if you or anyone you know has been affected by baby loss, please reach out to us at heldinourhearts.org.uk or email us at info at heldinourhearts.org.uk. And now let me introduce the lovely Vicky, Katie and Tracy.
1: welcome to our seventh podcast. I'm delighted to have with me here today Katie, Vicky and Tracy, three of our Befrienders. Welcome to you all. Thank you. So it's lovely that you're here. So Tracy if I can come to you first I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and how you became involved in the charity.
2: I have been involved with the charity for a few years now and firstly as a bereaved parent. I lost Lewis, my son, just over 30 years ago and sought support just a few years um a, a few years ago and then I came to work with the charity three hours a week through running and sports fundraising which I very much enjoy and still do with the charity. I then trained as a befriender and have went from three hours a week to 30 hours a week. So I work as a fundraising manager. And I still support parents as a befriender.
1: Fabulous. Thank you for sharing. That's that's quite the journey that you've been on um, from, you know, uh, losing Lewis and then coming on board for three hours and now full time. Thank you. So if I can come to you uh, next, Katie, and um, you're newer into the organisation, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about you as
3: well. Hi, hey, thanks, Angie. Um, I first came across held in our hearts back in 2018 when um, after my baby son Alex died at three weeks old due to a serious heart defect Um, my health visitor actually put me in in contact with the charity and me and my husband spoke to Nicola on the phone which was just such a massive comfort at the time to speak to someone who had who had been in the same position as us. So um, I kept on talking to Nicola and another befriender, Rachel, over the years. And then this summer, I've just started um, working as a befriender myself, which has been a big change from my previous jobs. I used to work in engineering, but it's just been incredible and such a privilege to hear from so many families about their babies and, and their journeys through loss as well. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for
1: sharing about Alex. Well, we're equally pleased that, that you're on board and, and joining us today for, for
4: this conversation. And now if we come to Vicky. Hi. Uh, so I got in touch with the charity back in 2016 after we found out our little girl, Angelica, had a condition called anencephaly. Uh, so we are a family that had to make a decision end that pregnancy Uh, and we really struggled with that decision and at the time I worked on the maternity ward so I needed a bit of help a bit of support and getting back and uh, yeah the the charity was just so helpful and so critical in my heal my healing process to get back to work it was just amazing and then last year someone very close to me um, actually had a miscarriage as well and it just felt like now was the time to get in touch and start Hopefully befriending myself was the thought at the time, and then so it was. I'm pretty sure it was April this year I started volunteering with the charity, and yeah, the rest is history. Thank you,
1: uh, Vicky. It's it's wonderful. I think it's it's wonderful to have you all here today, and I think you know real testament to to all your little ones that you're able to to take on this role in such a vital role, particularly. Um, through through the pandemic and for you Katie and Vicky being new on board and being able to help us meet meet the increased demands on our services. So today we're talking about um, friends and family and um, helping them to understand a bit more about how they might be able to support um, someone who who has experienced um, baby loss. So for friends, families, colleagues and anyone listening today Um, how can they help support a parent whose baby has died?
2: The thing about friends and family is sometimes they may worry about upsetting us or may worry about things that they may say that could upset us. But it's always important to remember that there's nothing that they could ever say that could make you feel any worse than you do. And it is really about just being there, even if it's just to hold your hand or, you know, look at you, and remember your baby.
1: I think it's, it's it's so true, isn't it? It's very much about trying to kind of break down that stigma and that taboo around it because people, you know, and hopefully people listening today, you know, it's it's great that they're here listening because it's something that without that experience, you can't understand what that journey looks like, but not to be afraid to be able to, to show support and to, to kind of ask ask and show support to kind of friend or family member.
3: Yeah, I think it can be really difficult to know what to say when it's someone that you really care about and they're in so much pain. But even just saying, you know, a simple, you know, I'm so sorry that this has happened to you and then just allowing allowing the person to tell you what's happened, to tell you what they, they want to say and just giving them that space without you can't say anything to fix it because there's nothing that you could say. Like Tracy said, there's nothing that you could say that could make it better, but just allowing them the space to talk about it. And that's ongoing as well. Not just, just after it's happened when everyone's devastated, but you know, a parent wants to talk about their baby for the rest of their life. So if you're someone who can be there for them when they need to talk about their baby, even if it's, you know, for some of those, there's not, there's not a, an awful lot of history, obviously, to talk about, but they're just giving enough space just to mention them. Just can mean so much.
1: Absolutely, I think it is that
3: that understanding and
1: appreciation. You know, a really important point that you raise is, you know, it's a lifelong journey, and I think it's it's a loss unlike any other type of bereavement. That it's not something that you get to a point where you, you move on and you accept and you and and you know you're past it. It is adjusting to that. You know. Um, Eternal journey, you know, living with with the loss of your own—that that one member of your of your family that should be there, that that will never be there, and that that grief doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's learning to live with it, isn't it?
4: It's just it's such a lonely, lonely place. When you lose a baby, you feel like you're the only person in the world. You know you're not, but that's how it feels. You feel like this couldn't possibly feel this way for anybody else and you just feel completely isolated so i think even just somebody being there yeah we understand that they might not know the words to say because it is it's it's such a a difficult thing to speak about i think for some people so even just to say i don't know what to say i'm so sorry i don't know what to say but look i'm here do you want a cuppa like even something as simple as Getting somebody a cuppa and just sitting with them, sitting in silence, sitting and holding their hand, anything, just makes you feel a little bit less alone in that time. I think that that for me was one of the worst things was just that isolation. But that's for support to say, I
1: don't I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, like I don't I don't have the words. And like you said, Tracy, that real worry and fear that they're going to say something that's upsetting or distressing and almost sometimes it goes the opposite way where people don't say anything or you know we have family members bereaved parents that say that the neighbors see them and they cross the street because they don't know what to do So it goes back to your point Vicky about about being alone and feeling that that lack of support but some really really simple suggestions like saying make your cuppa you know I'm here and so thinking about for those people that are listening that maybe really, really struggle with that, like, what what do I say? What are the right words? What are the wrong words? Um, what would you say to them? What advice would you have to kind of help reassure them that, you know, there aren't any right words, you know, just, just to be there? What advice would you give?
2: I think it's knowing that there are, you know, saying to them there are no words and we appreciate that to start the conversation is quite often the hardest part. And looking back over the last 18 months when we've all been living at home and in lockdown, you're not passing somebody at a water station or making a cup of tea at work. We have been, our work environment has been at home. So it's even just picking up the phone to say, look, I know you're at home and I know it's been incredibly difficult, but do you want to chat? You know, And I am aware that you have been at home and you've lost your baby and we haven't been able to see each other. But it's almost saying, I'm sorry, and can can we talk, can we meet for a walk? But it's known sometimes there aren't, there, as you see, there aren't the right or wrong words, but just saying, I'm here, as Vicky said earlier.
3: I think one thing that sometimes doesn't help, we're saying, like, there's obviously nothing that you can say that would be really bad and make things worse, but some people are very keen to you know try and help and try and put a positive spin on things sometimes and there is no spos- positive spin on losing your baby or losing a pregnancy at any stage so you know saying things like oh well at least you know you can get pregnant or oh you're, you've are you got lots of spare time now that you can do something for yourself it it's coming from a place of love obviously people are trying to help but that's not not always a helpful thing to say for the for the parent because that can feel a bit isolating as well like that people don't understand
1: important point that you've raised Katie I think it is that it's a it's kind of human nature when someone comes to you with something and there's a, there's there's something that's happened you you want to make it better that's how you want to fix things and you know exactly what you said there is no fix there is nothing in the world that can change the situation and make it better and avoiding things we talk about, there aren't any right or wrong words, but the anything that starts with at least is something that really it's it's not it doesn't fit, and it's not something that is going to give every parent any comfort at all. It's just it's being there and, and listening, isn't
4: it? Absolutely, I think less is more. Sometimes, I think sometimes when you're when you're trying to do the fix and trying to fix somebody that's lost a baby, you, you find yourself telling them. At least this, at least that. Um, at least you've got other children. You know, anything to that sort of effect. But no, sit back. I'm so sorry for your loss. Do you want to talk about it? Finish it there. Sit with your cuppa. I'm obviously fixated on this cuppa. <laughs> 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 and the, the chances are the the bereaved parent is just going to spill their heart out. They're going to tell you everything that they need to tell you. I think I it is, yeah, is more.
1: <laughs> I agree with that because I think it's that thing, isn't it, that sometimes it's an uncomfortable place to sit with silence. But it's actually it's it's a gift in that in that situation because you don't there isn't anything that you can say to make it better. So maybe just sitting
3: with someone and being there like you said, And being prepared cuppa, as well though. <laughs> obviously it is a really difficult thing to talk about and trying to as the friend or the relative to try and control your emotions a bit because I know I was in the position and and a lot of the families I speak to have said they've been in the position where they've ended up having to comfort their friends or family because they've got upset and then they end up being the ones having to support them which is is not really that helpful and it should really be the other way around and obviously everyone involved in the loss of a baby is upset and needs support but if you're one of the you know, the close family members or friends who are going to be supporting the parents. Try and get your support elsewhere rather than from them because, you know, the focus really should be on them.
2: also think as well, the the the, the phrase that was going through my head when we were chatting there is silence is golden. It's also remembering that there may be times where the bereaved parent might not want to chat that especially in those early days, it's the shock of what's just happened that they're trying to process. So they may just want to sit with you in silence.
1: I think as well, it's, it's remembering that and you'll know that when in, in your roles for, for the charities that every family is different and for some, they might want to talk a lot, but for others, they might just want that comfort of, of company, like you say, and, and understanding that it, it looks different for, for every family. So now thinking about conversations from a bereaved parent's perspective, um, we often hear that they don't want to burden um, friends and family with their sadness and don't want to bring others down, especially as the weeks, months and maybe even the years go by. Um, Why do you think it's hard for bereaved parents to share how they really feel?
2: I think as Katie said earlier, it's sometimes you you're, you know sometimes, especially again going, going back to the last 18 months, everyone's been going through some sort of trauma in their life through COVID, so sometimes it may be a case of they're scared to share about their baby because they know they've been going through something in their life and they may not want to upset them, but it's remembering as well that, you know, your baby was here and you you if you're able to be able to speak about your baby and it's it's starting those conversations as i said before can be difficult but also it may be someone who's not been around when your baby was born and they may have heard that you've had a loss or that you're you know you've maybe moved area so you're maybe making new friends so that might be difficult to bring that up and share with people at that point as well what do you
1: think vicky about um how, how difficult it can be sometimes
4: to to share how you're feeling this is going to sound probably a little bit ridiculous but for me I didn't want to I didn't want to share I wanted Angelica just to be mine for a little while which probably sounds a little bit strange but it was, yeah it was grief and it was hard but it was my grief and it was my pain and it was my baby so I suppose it was a little bit of selfishness on my part. Um, but I totally get what Tracy's saying about like, you don't want to, you know how hard it is on yourself and you don't want that to happen to anybody else. But yeah, there was definitely a little bit of selfishness from me when I lost Angelica.
1: I don't think that that's strange at all. I think it's what, what we said before, wasn't it? That it's so different for, for everyone. I think, you know, grief is such a personal thing and it's it looks different and feels different for everyone. And, you know, we talk about that a lot, you know, the kind of ebb and flow that, you know, it's not a linear process. You know, you can take your here. you know, you have your ups and your downs and things that you think you're fine and you're absolutely floored by. So I think for you... You know that's that's what was right was to kind of keep that that grief private and to keep Angelica and, and your feelings private. You know, in those early days. How about you, Katie?
3: I agree with what um, Tracy said a bit earlier on about how over time it changes as well because I think in like when it's very first happened, obviously it's a really big shock for everyone and everyone's really traumatized by it, but. I think for friends and family, life still moves on. Whereas for the parents, you know, your entire world has just stopped. There's nothing else. And so after a few weeks or months and everyone else is, think, is beginning to think, you know, like, oh, they, maybe they're starting to get over it a, a bit now, you know, and they're moving on. And for a lot of people that they're, they're just not, and you still want to talk, you still want to to talk about the baby, but you feel like you're just repeating yourself but you still need to do that because you still need to talk through it. So having people who are there and who are willing to just listen to you over and over again, if, if that's what you want to do and yeah, and not, not be pushing you to move on before you're ready, because like you said, you can't, you can never move, move away from it. You just have to, you live to learn, to live with your, your new, new normal and live with your grief, but it takes a really long time. And like, we keep saying, Some people will want to talk a lot. I was probably one of those people. (laughs) I always want to talk a lot about Alex. Some people might not want to talk at all, or, you know, they might not want to talk usually, but then there might just be one time when they really do need to talk about it. And so if you can be there for them at that time, that that would mean so much. And it's, again, like we're saying, I know this podcast is supposed to be about how to talk to a bereaved parent, but I think like we've said a lot of it is actually about listening and it's about maybe not not worrying about what you're saying because what you really just need to do is listen and just be there with them and say you know I'm sorry and I care and I'm here for you.
1: Yeah I think that that's a real kind of crux of the discussion isn't it as much as we maybe should have called it listening. <laughs> so for parents parents I think it's a it's a real skill in itself and something that, you know, we all do every day in our jobs. But I think for when things are busy, particularly at the moment when there's so many other pressures and you know, if you're if you're supporting a bereaved parent, really it is that real, real act of listening and being able to just sit and make time and put all distractions away and sit with someone and see how they are. Just as we're talking and listening to you all, you know, at, at different stages, it would be really interesting to hear from yourselves maybe about your own personal experience or for families that we support um, about anniversaries and how um, family and friends who are listening, how they could support a bereaved parent that they know around anniversaries, you but know, not just the first, but kind of as, as we go forward, what advice would you give um, to help support families around those milestones?
3: Well, I think definitely for a start, remembering birthdays and anniversaries. You know, it can just be as simple as, like you have to do for... Or living babies making sure you've got it you know the reminder in your phone so that you can just even just send a text I know I've had people you know friends who maybe I don't see very often you know friends from the past who'll who will text me just on Alex's birthday and say you know happy birthday to Alex I'm thinking of you today and that means so much that you know that that they remembered and even if it is just because it's a reminder in their phone but it it just keeps his memory alive and that's that's so important I think for for all bereaved families that knowing that you care that you remember you're so right
2: Katie it's not the it's not the huge gestures that mean the most it's it's something as you know taking 15 seconds to send a text or you know someone sends a card or you know that's absolutely lovely but it's the fact that they have remembered and they're still remembering your son or daughter which is absolutely lovely.
1: I think it's why it's baby loss is so different because there isn't that collective shared stories or memories you know the majority of people won't get the chance to meet you know your your little ones so there isn't that remember when or remember we did this you know if it's a if it's a grandparent or a parent that dies you know there's all these opportunities and memories and stories that people can talk about but for for babies you know it's these moments and you know like you touched on Katie about that remembering and you know that he's continuing to be you know that Alex has been talked about and thought about you know as the years go on he's still very much part of people's you know your story of course but you know your wider kind of friends and family and that that can give you know for people listening today I really hope that they hear that that a simple text, you know, remembering on on, on a on a, a birthday, you know, can give so much, you know, just seeing seeing his name, you know, or seeing her name um, you know, on that day and that people are still talking about your son or your daughters because they were here and they're loved and thought about, you know, for yourselves all the time and to know that others are also thinking the same as well. Um, so moving on then thinking and um, when you are speaking to a parent it's one of the things we talk about and um, when people are maybe worried or anxious about what to say what are the types of questions that they could ask and um, about someone whose baby has died
3: well, i think these kind of questions are always going to depend on the type of loss that, that there's been how how early or late it's been and obviously if the baby was born alive or not um even for you know earlier losses you can ask if it was a little boy or a little girl um what you know what baby's name was and baby can be named at at any any gestation and it's always lovely if people ask you what your baby's name was and then for for later losses or babies who who were here and then sadly died after they were born you can you can ask all the all the usual Baby questions, you know, how how big were they? Did they look like mom or dad? Did, did they have much hair? Um, but again, you'll you'll know from knowing the parent yourself whether that kind of question is going to be welcome or not. Some people will will really welcome that and want to talk about it, and and especially at first, some people will find it just far too hard. So you know, you have to obviously use your own judgment on how how well you know the person and how well that's going to be received but for for some parents just just asking because not many people do you know asking questions even if it's just you know what was baby's name that was that you know um that can really help
2: i also think as well that if someone when they do as you're saying katie you know the family you know the person but asking them about their baby's name or even why they chose that name because there may be a particular reason you or a background or a story as to why they actually chose that name and that can be something that will mean so much to a bereaved parent and something they probably won't get to share quite often and I know when people used to ask me Oh, why did you choose Lewis? And explain to them, you know, I'd been there on holiday, and that's why we. In ch- the background, as to why we chose it, is always and it's always nice because it always makes me smile when I think about that. You know why we chose the name Lewis, and I think that's always important to remember that there's a story behind every baby.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think ask something, ask anything. Don't just say nothing. I think. As much as I said earlier, like less is more. At this point, that's when it's going to feel the most awkward. I think, is if you stand there and say nothing. Uh, like Kate said, it can, and Tracy, both of you, both of you said it, it. Ask what their name was. Ask anything. But yeah, asking nothing just feels awful. It puts you back into that isolated space again. Like I can't. It makes you feel like you can't talk about your baby. If people aren't asking, then they don't want to know. So I'm not going to tell them.
1: Yeah, of course. I think that's it's like you say, it's it's helping. And you know, that's why we're having conversations like this today, is trying to reduce that feeling of isolation and loneliness, and and getting people that aren't affected to to understand even just a tiny bit. You know, simple things like you know, ask did you name your baby? And you know, lovely to know. I didn't know that that's why you named Louis Louis Tracy. So it's it's made me smile as you're talking about it. So you know, like you say, there is you know, there's a story, and there's lots of stories that that you can share if that's appropriate and feels right for, for the parent that, that you're talking to like you say Katie remembering that you know sometimes people may not want to want to share lots, but for those that do you know their their baby was here and mattered and they might want to talk very very proudly of you know whether they look like mom or dad or whether they didn't like look like either and you know these things are, are really important and and it's again it's it's breathing life into into their legacy and their story and, and their names still being mentioned.
3: Um, i think on that as well angie sorry um i was i was lucky enough to have alex for for three weeks he was you know for three weeks he was, he never left hospital but you know i've got hundreds of photos of him and they're all photos of him in the hospital but you know so i love those photos because i feel so so lucky to have them um but i remember there's only one person has ever asked me to to see a photo of Alex it was a, a man I used to work with and I was just so grateful for him that he was you know kind of almost brave enough to ask you know do you have photos can I see a photo of Alex because you know I was so proud to show him that but he he was the only person who ever asked me because I, I don't know if other people didn't feel comfortable asking or they wouldn't think that I would want to but you know again exercising your judgment on the circumstances and how well you know the person um asking to see photos if there is because every, every parent is proud of their baby and if a photo is is all you've got and you're just so grateful to be able to show to share that with someone and show how proud you are of them
1: yeah no, of course i think it is that thing we're lucky now that there are there are more opportunities for, for photographs to be taken. And like you say, you know, Alex was here for three weeks, so you'll have lots and lots of photos. I know it was lovely to see him, his picture pop up on the video recently of the Fundraising Challenge, and to see his little face. So it's lovely that a, a colleague asked to share, and I think for, for people listening to, to hear that, that, you know, almost every family that we would know would have pictures. And if, if they want to, you know, would be pleased to be asked to, to share those those pictures
2: also think as well that's sometimes a parent who's had an earlier loss or found through families that I've spoken to have shared their scan pictures. So that may be something that someone might want to do as well because, you know, every single scrap of anything that you have is an absolute memory. So whether it's a scan picture, whether it's a small pair of socks, whether it's, you know, an, a whole outfit, every single thing you have you cling on to dearly and as proud parents as you can and are able to share them. So, you know, sometimes it may be even asking if they had a scan picture as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a lovely idea. I think, like you say, you know, anything and everything that you've got, it's those, it's those things that you're left with, isn't it, that you've got that, you know, kind of speak, speak the, the story of your E1. So we touched on this a little bit, but I'd be um, keen to hear a little bit more of your thoughts on thinking of families that we support, who there are a number, who are are longer ago bereaved. um, And we know that for them, that can be quite difficult to share about their little ones. It might be that friendships have moved on and they might not know that they've even had a loss. Um, So for those families that are longer ago bereaved, um, how can friends and families support them? I
2: think it goes back to that age-old thing of just talking about their baby. is, you know, if they've chosen... And thinking of my own experience, I left Edinburgh where Lewis was born to go and live up north for a while. So for a lot of people that I first came in contact with, they didn't know that I had another son. I have Ian and I have Lewis. So when someone is brave enough to share about their baby, then it's being brave enough to listen as well when they talk. So it's, you know, they going forward as someone who's long ago bereaved, it's also remembering that they've had a loss of you know, a first date university They, you know, they have a vision of first date school, first date high school as we all do as bereaved parents but they've had a lifetime of that journey of being without their son or daughter so if they decide to share then it's being brave enough to listen
3: And I think with that as well, it's it's because obviously when you tell someone that something like this has happened it can be a, a huge shock for them they're not expecting it and you you might just freeze and not know what to say and so it's okay to come back to it at a different point you know even if you think back to the conversation you think oh no I just didn't I didn't handle that very well at all because it was such a shock you know the next time you see them or not even the next time you know just later it, you don't have to just ignore that it's happened. You know you can bring it up later and and you know the friend will probably really appreciate that if you if you then ask them at some other point to say or you know could you tell me a, a bit more about your son or daughter who died it's kind of giving them that opportunity again to talk even if because it, it is really hard if it just comes out of the blue and you weren't expecting it not you know not everyone is blessed in social skills so much to know exactly what to say in that kind of situation so just saying it it's okay to to bring it up at a later date when you've had a time to kind of think about it a bit more
1: yeah i think that's especially applicable in in a work setting you know that we um we do a lot of work with corporates and aware that you know baby loss affects so many and um, that you know sometimes you know in Post COVID times, and um, you know, kind of meeting at the watercolor or getting a coffee, and you know, these things can come up. And it's, I guess, it's picking the right opportunity or setting if you do want to have that conversation, if you want to revisit it, like you say, that you know, there's, you can come back to it another time, and you know, have that opportunity to, you know, maybe in a quieter, kind of more opportune moment to, to kind of ask ask more, and um, and that it's okay, you know, it is, you know, for for people, it still is a. A sad and very shocking subject. So when it comes out of the blue, you know, you ask a question about, you know, your your family life, and you hear the response. Some people it it can really struggle at the time to to respond, respond at all, and don't know what to say. So coming back to it is a a really good idea. So what would be one piece of advice for people listening today, and that you would share share with them if they're thinking about how best to support someone that they know that's been affected by baby loss?
4: Just be there. Just in whatever capacity that might be, if like we're talking about being in COVID times and things like that, if that means just sending someone a text, send them a text. If that means FaceTiming or Zoom in, anything, just be there in some capacity. You don't have to try and have a massive conversation about it because it can be difficult. It's it's, it's traumatic. It's It's not an easy thing to speak about for anybody. But to just be there and let's go back to the kappa and just sit there in silence, holding their hand, it literally just means the world. And the bereaved parent is never going to forget that person. They know that they they are their person now. You know, they they know that they can go to that person if they ever need anything. Absolutely. I agree. A
1: kappa, virtual or otherwise a kappa, just to be there. (laughs) How about you,
3: Katie? What would be your one piece of advice? Yeah, I would agree with Vicky. It's around like making making space for it because um, I know Alex was my second baby. So I, I had my daughter, Robin, who was two at the time. And so after Alex died, obviously I had Robin with me all the time. And so mostly I was meeting my friends with their other children and a lot of them were pregnant and having babies. And it was, you know, it was a very difficult situation to be in. And it wasn't, it wasn't particularly conducive to having, you know, a heartfelt conversation. You know, trying to talk to someone whilst there's a room full of screaming two-year olds about something so difficult is, is really not the best place to do it. So it's, is trying to make space for that person if they do want to talk or you feel like they, they you know they've tried to talk to you but it's not been the right time trying to make time for them and say yeah come on we'll have this copper," because it's very important where it's somewhere quiet where you've got space and time to just say what you want to say and again like we were saying before even though we've taught we've called this about talking to people really it's about listening and yeah just just being for there for someone at such just the worst time of their life it just it means so much if someone can give you that space and that support
2: great thank you and tracy i think it's not trying to fix it because you can you know it's being as as vicky and kiki both said it's being there as that support it's doing what you can and still remember helping them to remember their baby. And grief is like a journey, as we all know, and it's knowing that you can be there to hold their hand as they may be going through quite a difficult time and maybe trying to cross a busy road. So take their hat take their hand and get them across that road and just, you know, take those steps with them if you can and whether that's virtually or physically.
1: That's a beautiful note to end on. I love that idea that grief is like a journey and and being there with a cup of tea, holding their hand, just kind of creating that space and support for for families and for friends and for colleagues as well. Thank you all. So that takes us to our final question, which we ask all our guests. I was wondering if you could share with me today something that you are grateful for.
4: I'll come to you first, Vicky. I'm going to be really cliche and cheesy here. But it's it's my family, isn't it? And that includes Angelica. Um, They have shaped me into the person that I am today, and I wouldn't change a thing about my journey.
1: Thank you. That's beautiful. We like cliche. I think it's the family, yeah, absolutely is everything, isn't it? Katie?
3: I'd like to say that I am really grateful thinking about this to Nicola and. To Rachel who were my befrienders um for me from you know literally days after Alex died right up until now I still talk to both of them and just yeah it just meant the absolute world to be able to speak to someone who'd been in the same position because it is it's so isolating when you lose a baby you feel like you're the, the first person this has ever happened to and heartbreaking as it is to realize that you're not the first person and that there's so many other people who've been in the same position to have someone that's generous enough to, you know, to lend their support and their experience. I will be eternally grateful for that.
1: That's lovely. Thank you. And how wonderful in turn that you've then come full circle and you're, you've become a befriender yourself.
2: Tracy? When I... When I said before that grief is like a journey, I, I, I'm grateful for that journey that I've been on because Lewis has known so much. I think, and I'm grateful for friends who do join me on that journey of being able to help support other families for it, with having Vicky and Katie on the team. It's just amazing to watch them be able to support other families too. I'm also hugely grateful for technology because I think In the last 18 months, we've all learned how to Zoom so much more. So if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be able to stay in contact with so many of these families and still be able to see them face-to-face, which always makes a huge difference. So, yeah, that's me. I'm grateful for technology too.
1: (laughs) You sneaked a second one in there. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, all that's left for me to do is to say a huge, huge thank you to each of you um, for making time to have this really, really important discussion, which I'm sure will be really insightful and helpful to, to those that are listening. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much again to Vicky, Katie and Tracy. I hope that you found our discussions today were helpful in gaining a better understanding of baby loss and how you can offer compassionate support to a family member, friend, neighbour or colleague. I hope it also gave you some useful advice and guidance on ways to chat, show your support in those early days but also as time passes too over the weeks, months and coming years. I hope by hearing about simple gestures like making a cuppa, sending a text on a birthday, asking what baby's name was or just simply being there can help when thinking about how you might be able to give a bereaved parent some comfort at such a painful time. As always, please reach out or follow us at our website heldinourhearts.org.uk or email info at if you need support. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you so much
2: for listening and we hope you will join us next time.